You're listening to KOOP Hornsby Austin 91.7 FM and on the web at koop.org. Welcome to Issues for Your Tissues, the definitive discourse on reproductive health and well-being with your host, Katie Vitale. The views and opinions expressed on Issues for Your Tissues may not necessarily reflect those of Co-op, its board of directors, or anyone else anywhere else. The information offered is not a substitute for the advice of a licensed medical professional, which I am not. Thanks for tuning in to Issues for Your Tissues. Welcome back to Issues for Your Tissues. I'm your host, Katie Vitale. I am excited, as always, to be joining you on another Thursday night here in Austin, Texas. I uh, am wanting to say happy Halloween to you all and hope that you're having a safe and yet moderately, adultly, responsibly spooky time, uh, no matter where you might be celebrating that. So if you're in Austin, you could be at 91.7 FM or listening at koop.org or at koophd1hd3 Hornsby or listening within the next two weeks at Radio Free America or a little bit further than that or maybe sooner than that at the podcast. So you can find links to all of these things if you go to koop. Dot O-R-G. It's where I start all my searches because I'm in love with the website and you can find most everything if you start there. You know, there are other ways to find things, but 
uh, I always like people to go to co-op. Also, thanks to uh, everyone again. I don't think we say it enough. Thanks to everyone who joined or renewed their membership during the membership drive. There's still an opportunity for you to be a member of Co-op Radio, and you can do that by going to koop.org as well. It's it's the cool only the coolest kids are doing it. So uh, you can be like us cool kids. Uh, you and you can do that, or you can also be like cool kid Heather. Heather Ross is here in the studio. She is uh, apprenticing. And she's engineering today's show, and she is going to be completing her apprenticeship program and hopefully moving on to her own program next year. You can be like her uh, or like me back, back, back in the day, many, many moons ago, and, and do the same. So uh, welcome, Heather. It's, it's great to see you, and uh, love your, is it a costume? <laughs> So I, I teach at a after school, and they the kids couldn't um, the kids can't dress up at my site. So I uh, I appreciated the rainbow today. So I could I would actually wear this outfit regularly, but it, it also passes as a Halloween costume. I have a rainbow wig on, and a big foofy rainbow skirt and butterfly wings uh, that hang on the back. So I'm a butterfly today. You're a social butterfly as well because I am. Turns out you already know our guest tonight. Candace <laughs> is with Reveal Beauty, and Reveal Beauty is an organization started in New York that has come to Austin because of the need and uh, is here to make sure that uh, fem- that women who are survivors of human trafficking or violence uh, have access to services that they might not otherwise have access to. A lot of people are, uh, and organizations are about the immediate safety or, and or the uh, short, I would say, I don't want to say short term because these things are important, but, you know, the medical, the, the food, the, the, the bottom level of the, you know, the, the pyramid. Was it Maslow? Yeah. Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. <laughs> There are a lot of people taking care of that, but we want to we want to make sure that people are wholly taken care of, especially victims of abuse and and uh, trafficking. Yes. So, uh, reveal beauty. Can you tell us a little bit, Candice, about how it started and and when? Sure, sure. Thank you so much for having me. And um, we're just so excited to be here in Austin. And yeah, so Reveal Beauty actually started somewhere around 14 years ago in New York City. And our founder, Anna Doan, um, just saw a need for to serve some some women that were in a shelter um, that were serving, they were survivors of domestic abuse. And so at her church, she said, you know what, um, it was right around val- Valentine's Day. And she recognized that, you know, this, this holiday was so commercialized around love and, and kind of connected the dots that, you know, these women that are survivors of abuse and that have gone through this, you know, these traumatic experiences don't have, maybe they have a little bit of a warped sense of what love is and combined with just that commercialization of it. She said, you know what, I want to do something for them. I want to love them without an agenda. And that's one of our kind of core missions. And so she hosted this like little makeover in the basement of a church. I think there was five women there. 
And um, that was the beginning. And so from there, it has grown um, in New York. The last um, makeover we did uh, in New York was in February. They do theirs every February, kind of around that um, that holiday of Valentine's Day. And I believe there was 150 um, guests or, or survivors um, that attended, and we had over 200 in New York. And so my co-director, Lee, and I, Lee had originally been asked to start in Austin um, about a year, maybe a little more than a year ago. So Lee and I actually went to that event in New York um, to really see how it all comes together and and sort of fully absorb the experience. And it was incredible. It's 14 years in the making, um, but there's just still so much work to do, um, especially as more survivors are starting to come forward and more resources are available um, to help support their independence and um, just movement into like healthy, um, you know, lifestyles. So, And in that time, the services have, have expanded, right? Yeah. So we're, we're looking at other levels of that pyramid and, and trying to address other needs that survivors have because it's not just... Right. Uh, it's not just a day of beauty. Right, um, right. I mean, the ultimate goal, you know, kind of what you're talking about is there's there's a lot of services out there like shelters um, who we partner with um, that are really serving those like really basic survival needs, um, keeping them safe, keeping them housed, keeping them fed, and making sure that they, you know, have those basic needs. We are essentially a program that um, shelters and any type of um, sex trafficking um, or refugee program can come to and say, hey, like we'd like to do something for our our clients. Um, so it started out with a makeover and then it has grown into, um, in New York, they do monthly workshops. So the workshops will be anything from um, how to do your makeup, which, you know, a lot of us really take for granted that that's just kind of a normal thing that we do. Um, but survivors of trauma, um, especially have been really controlled. That's not something that is maybe a part of their everyday experience to um, interview skills to, I believe they've doing some wellness programs, um, career kind of oriented things, um, styling. It kind of just all centers around building that confidence and giving these women the ability to kind of rewrite their narrative. And so in Austin, we just did our first uh, makeover event, but we're already planning uh, what our first, uh, we're going to start with quarterly workshop will be. So it is more than one day, even though that day is really important. Um, it's, you know, just a continuation of that kind of loving without agenda, giving them a sense of hope, giving and also giving them some skills to use. So how did you come to find Reveal Beauty and decide that this is what you wanted to spend your time working on? Yeah, so... Um, 100% it was through my friend Lee, who is my co-director. Um, I wish she could be here today, but, um, our schedules kind of had a little bit of a conflict, but Lee Kettle is, um, an amazing human being who I consider to be one of my best friends. And, um, she lived in New York for a long time and knew, uh, one of the founders, Alex. And, um, after she moved back to Texas here in Austin, um, Alex kind of just was like, Hey, we're thinking about expanding. Um, and, um, is this something that you would be interested in leading the charge on? And so she reached out to some of her friends and, you know, said, Hey, like, what do you guys think about this? And at that point we had already become really good friends. And I was like, 
I raised my hand and I said, yes, like, let me help you. Let me help lead the charge on this. Um, I knew I could bring a lot of value. I had a lot of passion and we both at that, at that point in our lives with where we had had volunteer experiences, we both were wanting to do something a little more than just kind of like show up to volunteer and then kind of go home. So it was really kind of this perfect, um, storm of timing, um, you know, the friendship, really where we were at and just in our, both in our careers and kind of in our hearts of like where we wanted to, how we wanted to serve. So, so yes, so it was all Lee and her relationships and her um, time in New York, but now we have really started to build something and grow something here together. And it's, it's, it's really fun and it's really fun to be able to do it with a friend too. Um, Just the experience has really bonded us. So. And, what were you doing before that was it something related to this or were you feeling like you needed a total change or was it that uh you were supporting women or or survivors in different ways like was this was this a 180 for you or was it just like a a five so actually what most people don't realize is that lee and i actually have full-time jobs and we do this on a volunteer basis so do you want to talk about what you're doing full-time sure yeah so Part of the reason why I knew that I could add um, some kind of insight and value and mostly connections is because my full-time job is actually in the fashion industry. I sell women's footwear. Um, I'm a territory rep for a brand called Seychelles Footwear, which happens to also be a, a huge support of, you know, of empowering women. We want to make sure she's are comfortable. That's a big message that we, um, that's a big message, a part of our story. And so I knew that when it came to the opportunity to, you know, find connections in the beauty and like wholesale clothing and shoes and things like that, that we often need for, you know, to donate, I was like, oh, I've got connections and I'm in sales. So I'm really good at following up and like bugging people and, you know, just making sure that if there's something that I need to get done, I get it done. Um, Lee works for a market research company and um, she's like, so detail oriented. She's super organized. Um, and so we have our full-time jobs, but we, um, incorporate this into our, you know, weekly or biweekly schedule, um, when we can. So yeah, (laughs) not quite related, but, but enough to where the passion is there. And, you know, we're both women in modern times that really, um, want to latch on to a cause that's meaningful and, and enriches not only our lives, of course, but it really enriches the lives of other people, which is what, you know, what the whole point of this whole is, thing is. So, Right. It, it kind of reminds me of that, that saying that there's no, no real altruism. Right. I know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I get something out of this. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that uh, there's, there's no bad in, in the giving Right. Time and and resources. Yeah. And I can just say, you know, um, I'm well into my career and it is so it's so wonderful to do like purposeful work. And I haven't experienced that. And even though this is no not even close to being full time for me, um, it's just incredible to see um, little things that we can do to impact women's lives, um, because the more that we empower them, the more that they're able to empower their families and their communities. And I really believe that, um, you know, we're planting little seeds to be able to do that. So of course, all, all the things that you're doing uh, are going to be uh, multiplied or 
magnified as, as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to remind listeners that you're tuned into Issues for Your Tissues, and we're talking with Candace, who is with Reveal Beauty uh, and Dignity. You can find them online <laughs> at revealbeauty.org. Uh, and if they are interested, they can learn more about volunteering there as well, right? Yeah. So we have a website um, that's for the whole organization. That's both New York and Austin. And hopefully we will be expanding into other cities. Uh, reveal, revealbeauty.org. If you're interested in learning more a little bit specifically about the Austin team, um, we use a page, uh, a service called Splash That. And if you go to revealaustin.splashthat.com, that's kind of where you can, um, you know, put in your email address to be included in updates on our, from our newsletter, be included on, you know, what kind of volunteer opportunities are coming up and just to find out a little bit about more and a little bit about more, more about me and Lee. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a mouthful. Sorry guys. Um, and then also, um, see some things that we have already been doing here in town. Nice. I'll share that one on the Issues for Your Tissues Facebook page after the show so that people can see it. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise, uh, I wanted to take a quick break and we'll be right back in about a minute with more Reveal Beauty and Candace and Heather and me. Welcome back to Issues for Your Tissues. I'm your host, Katie Vitale. I'm here in the studio with engineer and apprentice Heather Ross and with Candace of Reveal Beauty. They've come to Austin from New York and, you know, having plans to expand their services nationwide. Uh, I think it's really important for us. We talk, sometimes we get a chance, an opportunity to talk about self-care and about building ourselves up to weather the the storm that is the uh, the world around us. We're in a situation where all of us are in this situation where the uh, experiences of uh, human trafficking, of uh, domestic violence, of um, sexual assault, all of these things are uh, rightly being talked about, but it can be re-traumatizing or or hard, especially as, as a survivor to make your way about in the world encountering this on a regular basis. I mean, we have a serial sexual assaulter as the president and we, uh, are, we're subjected to this on, on a regular basis from, uh, leaders and using derisive air quotes, leaders who, uh, seemingly don't care about the well-being of dozens or however many women come forward. You have Supreme Court justices who are accused of assault, not properly investigated. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. And just being a survivor and to watch everybody else ha- having to go through similar things, there can be, and I'm not saying it's automatic, but there can be, uh, it can be really crippling to, Absolutely. to have to endure that and uh, having the space or having a, um, a loving area made for people to just receive and to be and to build the confidence back, I think is really important. And when we, when we talk about building confidence, we see often that uh, even people who aren't survivors have issues building the confidence and the self-esteem or the Mm -hmm. self-worth and, and such. And I just, I, 
I think we need to talk more about how crucial it is for people to to be, uh, I guess, cared for in this way, right? Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I told um, our founder, Anna, came in town um, back in July. We had a a little launch party just to celebrate kind of officially being here in Austin. And I said, you know, one of the things that I really love about this is that, you know, I'm a a fairly confident woman. I don't, I think most people would say that when I walk in a room, but, um, but my sense of confidence and empowerment is extremely fragile and I haven't, you know, experienced any major trauma, you know, outside of like my parents' divorce or whatever. And so for someone like me, who's, who's experienced that fragility in my own sense of empowerment and confidence and has had work really, really hard, um, to keep that consistency and keep it strong, Imagine what it's like to be in a controlling relationship and an abusing abusive relationship um, to be treated as a, a, a basically a human slave. I mean, this is it's unimaginable to me. But just the concept of empowering someone, especially a female, because I know what we're so beautifully capable of, um, to me, just really, it really excites me. And and I think the other thing that comes through in this organization and what um, Lee and I have seen just in the short six or seven months that we've you know been running this here in Austin is empowering our volunteers Um to um, to do good and to to get to know each other and to network with each other and find opportunities for each other. I think that that is going to end up breeding like a really beautiful organization because we're doing good for everyone. Yes, we are making an impact on these survivors' lives, and that is our ultimate goal. But we also want to want to build a community that um, supports each other too because we know how important it is. There's so many things coming at our way, especially as women. Um, so, so it's, it's a part of the fabric of what we're building and we're really excited about that. So, and I'll say like having, uh, I was involved and, uh, t- was taking photos and recorded video and did some interviews with people. And it was beautiful to see how, um, just, genuinely like the people were appreciative of what happened the um several of them were just like thank you so much and broke down in tears and for me myself it was the same like I'm a survivor and it was really empowering to see um all these people come together to support each other and lift each other up Mm -hmm. and just really feel through all these different experiences and emotions and we weren't focused on the stuff that happened we were focused Mm -hmm. on the moment and Mm -hmm. moving forward yeah and being there and saying you know hey let's you know really like bring you like show you what we see yeah can you share a little bit more about uh your experience finding revealed beauty heather and how uh you started volunteering so um i i believe that it just either came up um through my email like somebody either sent it to me or something. I mean, I don't even. I'm really curious too. <laughs> like it just, it like it just like appeared magically. Like I just, it was somewhere like somehow on the internet. I it could have. I don't think that y'all were sharing it on uh, Facebook. So if it, 
Like I just supposed to happen. It was meant to be. (laughs) It was just one of those things that was just kind of meant to be. And because I wasn't searching, I don't believe I was searching for it. I think it just either somebody I like knew was talking about it or sent it to me that they they heard about it and thought that I would be interested, which is more than likely what happened. I probably could search in my email and find it. (laughs) Um, But I reached out um, and uh, and and then and asked, you know what for more information and or filled out the volunteer form. And then, uh, they were looking, they were needing, y'all were needing, mm-hmm. um, photographers and, uh, somebody to do film. And I had all the equipment and I've done that. And so, um, that's what I ended up doing. And it, um, I really wasn't doing anything volunteer oriented pr- before the actual day of, I showed up, you know, got my shirt. Well, actually I got my shirt when I was leaving cause they had run out or at least we thought we had. <laughs> and so, uh, had that, you know, it was great. There was food. There were all these sponsors, you know, um, like I got a big bag of all these things that it was just like, wow, this is more makeup than I buy for myself like ever. <laughs> and it was really fascinating because, um, I know how to do makeup like stage makeup. And I put like, I was painting kids faces today, but I don't really like I have I just kind of stopped at one point doing my own makeup every day. Mm. And I and I was thinking it was because I just didn't like I just didn't care about it anymore. But I do think it's correlated with the abuse I experienced because it just was like, well, well, I'm not gonna do it for that person. You know, that person makes me feel bad. And I and I didn't think about doing it for myself. Like mm-hmm. I can I do however much I want to for myself as opposed to doing it for other people. And when I got my makeup done and I was like, uh, my hair done, like she curled my hair and it looked, yeah, you looked good. (laughs) It was great. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to go and be in a show tonight because I had a a, a theater production that evening and it, it, it just worked really well. And it looked, I looked phenomenal and felt phenomenal. And I got that done before because I ended up being interviewed as well. So, um, and, and shared my experience and, uh, like just, it was it was really, really empowering. I recommend getting involved. Um, you don't have to be a survivor to get involved, but you can be. And for me, I would say it's a very positive experience to, you know, um, like if, if you're volunteering, you can also get your makeup and your hair done because there's going to be that downtime. And it's really like I, I, I really recommend it. Yeah, no, that was so fun to see you. Um to see you get a little makeover and get a little appreciation. And we definitely appreciate the work that you're doing for us. Um, sort of random the today that you're even here because you're putting together a video for us, which is incredible. And it just goes to show like the power of community and also how small Austin is. So, um, your hair looked amazing. The makeup was so fun. And, and it's so funny that you say, um, what you say about, you know, not putting on makeup for someone else. Um, I don't know if, if I have time to share like a small story, please. Um, so, um, so in case you're just tuning in, we do events and our biggest event of the year for reveal beauty is a makeover event. And so how that gets structured is we have a bunch of volunteers, um, beauty pros that come in. So we have hair, hair stylists, makeup artists, nail technicians. We had a esthetician who is doing hand massages. So they all come in and set up and then we partner with shelters who bring or provide the 
the information to um, their guests or their clients who are our guests for the day. And they come in and they're served a glass of Martinelli's and they are um, paired with a host who is their cheerleader for the day. And then they will go and say, what do you want to do first? You want to do your makeup? You want to do your hair? You want to hang out? Um, You want to go eat some food? Because we had amazing sponsors. Um, And then they'll kind of go from there. And so, um, you know, the, there is a relationship there, not only with the the host, but also with, you know, the, the hairstylist or the makeup artist. And so from the event, um, we get a lot of stories. We hear a lot of really cute little anecdotes and stories from, you know, these women's experiences. And of course they all make me and Lee just like cry. Cause we're just like, Oh, this is, this work is just so incredible. And we hope that this really, really is impactful. But, um, one, particular story uh is so my friend Martha was actually a uh a makeup artist for us and she came in and she's so cute and she has her little hair headscarf on and um apparently there were a couple of girls that actually were waiting for her to get her spot because we had like five or six makeup artists and so one of the girls came up and was like I I was waiting just for you like I wanted you to do my makeup and She's like, oh, that's so sweet, you know? And so she got to talking to her and and found out that um, she's like, you know, I just don't, I just, I don't even want to take my photo. Like, I don't even care. Because after they get their makeovers, we offer a professional photo shoot. And the photos are just for them to have. You know, they can do with it what they want. But it's just sort of like for them to remember and, and see themselves, you know, kind of done up. And, um, she's like, I don't really need a photo. It doesn't really matter whatever. Like, I don't care. And so Martha's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, we'll see. Let's see what happens. And so, um, Martha does her makeup and she doesn't let like the women see like, or look in the mirror, you know, the whole time. It's kind of like the, for the big reveal, right? <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, um, which I think is perfect. Yeah. It's so fun. I mean, I, I kind of like that too. I'm like, what did she do? And so she gets done and she's like, okay. And she uh, shows her in the mirror and the girl just like starts crying. And she's like, I never thought that like, I could look this good. I never thought that I could feel pretty. And she's like, I'm going to go get my picture taken. And it's like, it's really sweet because, you know, we take that for granted. You know, we take our selfies and we stuff stuff like that but like we take for granted like the way that we see our the way that these women see themselves and it's just really a day for us to to help them see themselves in a new light and help them feel some hope and um I don't that was just one of the many stories that I love the another girl that that Martha um helped said you know what when I when I release my book I want you to do my hair and makeup for my press tour and she says oh you're gonna write a book she goes yes I have a story to tell and I'm gonna tell it and that was just so amazing because I'm like yes like I want you to walk in this room and feel like empowered empowered and like yes you went through this trauma and you can own your story and then you can look beautiful doing it and like we want to help you so it was, you know, those are just a couple, we have some other funny, really anecdotes, but in terms of like, just that idea of like putting on makeup and then looking at yourself, like people take that for granted. And, um, I, you know, it's just, it was really beautiful to, to kind of be able to enable that, 
um, experience for women and continue to do that. I agree. And there, um, I think I heard that there was uh, somebody that got their makeup or, and hair done and said that that's kind of what they wanted to do. And, uh, which is really like awesome. Yeah. So there was actually one woman who came in, um, I believe it was a friend. We have a friend here in the studio and she brought a woman in and that is a survivor. And, um, one of the really cool things that we did was, um, we got a hold of some beauty schools to, to recruit some volunteers just because, the students, you know, need hours and it's a really great experience for them. And so the beauty school, like the head of the beauty school was there, like she came and brought her students in. And so it worked out really well because this particular woman said, you know, I'm going to go back to school in about a year and I want to become, I can't remember if she wanted to be a cosmetologist or do hair. She's like, I really want to go back to school for that. And she's like, I, I think there's somebody here that like, works at the school. And I was like, yes, there is. And let me go get her. I'm going to grab you. And so it was really kind of amazing just to be like, oh, here, like we're actually creating opportunity for you, like in this moment to meet someone who can help you get educated and to find and to do something that you love to do. And so that was really neat. I, I was the one that was like running around trying to find her name is Jennifer. She's she leads up the Central Beauty School and she's just so fun and incredible. So yeah, like that's a life that like, you know, she might end up having a new career and a whole new like path because of that connection. So this whole experience for, I'm sure for a lot of them is just helping to make choices or that, that they had wanted to make or wouldn't have made if not given that opportunity. So uh, whether somebody is a victim of trafficking or domestic violence or sexual assault, part of their autonomy or you can't say part you either have autonomy or you don't Mm -hmm. and the autonomy has been uh, rescinded or Mm -hmm. taken away for however long uh, by however many people and this is this is one of the ways in which uh, people can be brought back to feeling that autonomy that that we should all be able to walk around and feel this is really critical and like you were saying I think you you one of you might have said it earlier, Candice, but yeah. uh, one of the ways in which women in bad situations are restricted is by is through their appearance, mm-hmm. or not Absolutely. just uh, what you wear, or what makeup you do or do not wear, or what style you do it, mm-hmm. or your hair, or your hair length, or uh, your your weight, or whatever. It's yeah. all aspects of the body itself are subject to control or mm-hmm. criticism at the hands of others. And this is one way to, to help to address that. Have you, uh, can you, can you tell us about, I know that you haven't been to a ton of events, mm-hmm. but I mean, dozens of women, have you seen or heard anyone speak to this or about this tangentially or in a way that you feel, um, that they were empowered to make more choices for themselves? Um, you know, I've only really been exposed to the organization for probably like a little over a year now. And so I don't have a ton of survivor stories. That's something that we, you know, hopefully down the line we'll be able to curate. Um, obviously it's very sensitive because their security and their safety is of the utmost importance, but I will say a couple of things. Um, the first thing that, um, 
I will say is one of the things that I really love and respect about the way Anna has um, grown this organization is the way that we um, take the training aspect of our volunteers really, um, really, really critically. And so at the beginning of every one of these events, we have a town hall where we explain to them, hey, the women that you're about to be serving are probably actively fleeing their abusers. And so here are all the ways that we need to be sensitive to that. And there's there's a lot of things that we take for granted. Again, touching someone on a shoulder, coming up from behind, um, even as simple as what did you do today? Um, I've learned that there are so many tactics of control that uh, someone like me who has complete autonomy, I don't answer to anyone except for my dog, um, you know, we don't even think about that. So, so I love that we really have a, a framework that we walk into saying, Hey, these women have been controlled. They've been abused. And here's how we are going to manage loving them without an agenda, but doing it in a way that they feel safe and secure so that they can kind of grow from this day. Um, the second part to, or way to answer your question without being able to say, yes, this survivor has done this because I know we do have survivors um, that do volunteer now. I apologize. I don't have um, any of their particular stories, but um, we had a woman. Um, <laughs> I think I can tell this story. <laughs> so we had one woman in New York who Lee and I sat down with and like during the event and she's like, this is better than my birthday. This is better than Christmas. This is like my favorite day of the year. This is my day. And we were just like, yes, you know, like, oh my gosh, it just, you can't help but get goosebumps. And, um, one lady this time, and I really hope Lee appreciates me, me telling this story. And if any of my volunteers are listening, I hope this was you that, that she said it to you. Um, she was actually a survivor that one of the shelters had sent who she still volunteers with, but they were like, listen, you are, you give so much. We want to give back to you. You've got to go take this day. So she got her hair did and she was really insecure, I guess, about her wig because she also, I think, had gone through cancer. I mean, gosh, what a life. And her comment to um, to one of the volunteers or one of our leaders was, I have not had this much fun and felt this much joy since the day I lost my virginity on my wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> I remember her and I, we interviewed her amazing. for the video. Yeah, and I interviewed her um, about her experience and she was so nervous and she was worried about what, you know, how she was going to look and and you know if what she said was okay and I'm like you're you're doing great and she was so vulnerable. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, and I think that's something that's really fascinating is it's like part of it is teaching people is, is getting people comfortable feeling vulnerable again. And it's seeing yeah. how many people were vulnerable. But like it was whenever y'all were training us, it was, you know, as a photographer, we can't take pictures of anybody's faces. Right. That's another big part of it. We, we give you guys a real challenge. <laughs> it, it, it is very challenging, like especially when there are, everybody's moving around. You have to, you know, if you're filming, there's there's like, OK, well, I can use this portion and mm-hmm. this portion. But the middle I can't use because there's five people's faces in it or there's a side of somebody's face. And that's, you know. 
it, and it's a lot and it's like do, is it worth blurring that out or using all or looking for other footage that I've got total yeah and and that's and for me it's easier to just like find other footage or pictures as opposed to focusing on you know blurring everybody out which is you know yeah <laughs> I mean thing. and we just so appreciate you know the photographer's efforts on that part and um, we make it a real point to make sure that the volunteers aren't posting on social media either because again like the safety and security of these women is our utmost concern and um we just we want the day to be about them um, and so um we just try to make sure that they know that um they they're not going to be exposed that they can be vulnerable that they can um, experience a moment of um, just kind of love and pampering um, but thank you for all the work you're doing to you know keep their identities um, safe and secure and I'm sure the video you're going to put together for us is going to be amazing I have no doubt Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it, it was really uh, empowering to uh, be a part of it and then, uh, and, and experience, experience it in my own way as well. And, uh, and kind of go, well, like, and be able to use my, you know, my survivor experience Mm -hmm. in this way and, and see how, you know, I can look at the people that are there that are working to, you know, escape, um, you know, their abusers and then see like, I was there at one point mm. and I'm here now and knowing like I'm, I'm so um, ex- I'm curious and I'm, I'm hopeful to see like where all of them will go. You know, where's life going to take them? Yeah. You know, especially like seeing how this experience impacts them. Yeah. Yeah. We're, um, you know, Lee and I have a lot of work to do. You know, like I said earlier, we've only been kind of creating this for about like six or seven months. And so we are going to be meeting and always trying to like strategize, you know, where do the survivors come in in Austin? Where does that relationship come in for us um, to continue on with them? Like once they are independent and once they've, um, you know, gotten to the point where their safety and they can, they can make their own decisions, you know, out in the world and go out in the world on their own. Um, but we really, really hope that, um, that their stories can be a part of our organization and the work that we do. Um, and I think it's possible. I know in New York, um, they have a couple of women that participate and that volunteer and it's so, it's so cool to see. It's so cool to see. We, um, have built a relationship with the Texas advocacy project. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that organization. Um, yes, um, we are. Yeah. And, um, so we, Lee and I were invited to their annual, um, black and white ball last weekend. So we got to have a little, um, makeover ourselves, got our makeup and hair done, get ready for the gala. But, um, one of the things that they have is a, I think it's called like a champion's guild or something like that. They're going to be doing a, um, a way to keep in touch with survivors, but the whole thing is really hard because, right, it's really sensitive because some of these women don't necessarily, once they get through the process and they're out of their abusive situation, they're divorced, they've got their kids, whatever, they don't want to necessarily identify with that anymore. They want to move on. They want to, like, move along. Um, and so it's really sensitive. How do we, you know, how do we continue that relationship but also, 
you know, we have to recognize that some people don't want to, you know, it can, it can be, be hard to <laughs> Sorry. Probably saying the same thing. It I, that's be, what I was thinking. Like, no looking back after mm-hmm. you get out of a situation like that, or it could be a space of years before you even want to talk about it or mention it to anyone, yeah. if not just even yourself at that right. point after it's, I mean, I'm going to say personally, um, I was in that abusive relationship off and on for three years. Nobody knew the degree of what was going on. Um, and it took me like several years to really be able to talk about it. Like I didn't really start talking about it for probably like a, almost nearing a decade. Wow. I didn't report it until it was 13 years later. Um, I was, I attempted to report it, but then they told me when I was going to Texas state and they told me I had to drive into the County to report it. And that just overwhelmed me. Yeah. I just felt like, Oh, they're going to know, even though they like, I reflect and I like, how would he know? Mm-hmm. But at that moment it felt, if I go into Travis County, he's going to just sense and know I'm here. What if mm-hmm. he sees me? And mm-hmm. then I was terrified of what he would do. Um, and it's it, like, by the time I reported it, it was past the point of being able to actually, you know, press charges. Um, they did call him, but of course he denied it, you know? Sure. Um, and that's kind of something to where it's like that balance of, you know, um, doing your own healing in your own way, finding resources without the shame. And then also trying to balance having like a life. I was unable, I wasn't capable of having a full-time job for years I like even Mm. my therapist was like you if you even if you got a job you wouldn't be able to keep it because Mm. you're you know like I would black out if I even tried to talk about what happened like she would ask me a a basic question and I would just fall over on the couch and black out because I I just didn't even want to deal with it like totally dissociating yeah I had had, like severe dissociation um happened with my family they they couldn't tell if I was having a seizure or because I have epilepsy or if I was just dissociating because they didn't know what that was Mm -hmm. and uh or that it presented in that way and it took so much work for me to pretty much turn my life around because I I uh I viewed unhealthy situations as healthy mm-hmm. and healthy situations as unhealthy. So I would avoid the healthy situations because they scared me. And I would put myself in all these, like, I have so many stories of, like, all these crazy and unhealthy situations I got into that I just thought were fun and normal. And people were like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, it, at the time, it didn't seem like a big deal. But now would I put myself in that same situation? Absolutely not. Well, that's where Revealed Beauty and just people who care coming in can make such a difference. I agree. Well, and we have women that it's not just, they don't just come to one event, you know, and then we never see them again. Yeah. Fixed in a day. Yeah. But, but yeah, we know the process takes a really long time. And so, so it will be super amazing to, to hear from them, you know, throughout the year, um, through our workshops or, you know, at the next makeover, um, we'll, we're going to be doing it again in October because I'm sure you guys are aware October is domestic violence awareness month. So, um, so we, we look forward to seeing their growth and being a part of that. Um, even if it is just one day of feeling, you know, some, some happy moments and, and feeling loved and, and feeling a little bit of hope. Well, we are all about we're all about recognizing and being aware of domestic violence here at the show and at co-op 
uh, like 365 days a year, but I'm glad that we could share more specifically about recovery and for survivors uh, in during October. Uh, it's really important that organizations like Reveal Beauty are, are able to keep up the work. And so you said that, that there are or there is a need for volunteers or for yeah. folks to become involved to yeah. help to uh, improve improve that or expand of course, access? Of course. So um, we were really blown away by the response. Um, at our event, we had, I think we had over 100 volunteers sign up. Um, wow. I know, we couldn't believe it. Um, we probably could have hosted more survivors, but our, our the venue that we hosted at just didn't have the capacity. Um, so we had about 75 show up. We had, I think we served, it was either 35 or 36 women. And so with that being where we're starting, um, that means that next year, um, we know the shelters now that they've seen that those partners have seen kind of what we're doing and what we're all about. Um, we know that they are, are a lot more willing to, um, partner with, with us. They, they've experienced it. There's a relationship there. So we know, and we think we could pro I don't know if we'll double in size in terms of the amount of guests we have next year, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and so that means we're going to need to double in size with our volunteer base. And so we are looking for, you know, anyone that loves beauty, if you're really good at makeup or hair or doing nails. Um, we didn't have a lot of nail um, artists at first. That seemed to be the hardest thing we had to recruit for. Um, Skin care. And then, of course, just women that want to serve, whether it's in hospitality or um, security or checking in. Um, and then ultimately to one of the things that Lee and I are super excited and tasked with is to build our leadership team. Um, you know, we're co-directors and in order for us to really start being strategic and building like big relationships, we need a team to kind of help get in the weeds and run operations and do those things. Um, cause we want to make as large of an impact as we can. So we're actively recruiting for that. We're going to be creating the structure of what that looks like here in Austin, um, here in the next couple of weeks. And so, if any of this is interesting to any of you listening, Heather, maybe even, um, <laughs> yeah, I know you're like all around town now. Right. I have She's, my hand in probably almost in most industries yeah, in some capacity. Yeah. You need to just stay at co-op but, <laughs> and live um, here. Yeah. <laughs> just for, for now, Heather is, is running for the board of directors here at co-op oh, radio. Wow, so okay. yeah. it might are, compete for some of your leadership skills. <laughs> if you are a member of co-op radio, the ballots are out and you are a able to participate this, this is the only radio station in not just in austin in texas that's going to ask you to choose its leadership there's no other place and i'm going to say no other place on earth but there's, <laughs> there's one other cooperative station in the country but they're not quite co-op so and they're not here they're not like us that's right and they're not 25 years old like we are now and we're like we're really awesome I, like all the people here are really like great to get along with we've got a great diversity of people with different kinds of backgrounds that love co-op for their own reasons and you know you ask all kinds of questions I've gotten to know so many different people and learned so many things about Austin's history that I didn't know before and I thought I knew a lot and I'm now I'm like I'm completely humbled um yeah uh I'm hoping to get my own uh 
sex ed show at some point in the Ooh. future. I'm I'm thinking this is a possibility. So I, uh, me too. <laughs> everybody seems super supportive of it, <sighs> and it's enough different from your show that like oh we can be like we can be guests on each other's show. I think we need five shows about sex on cooperating. I, I totally agree. <laughs> There's just like you know, there's like adults, like when, when you're not getting sex ed as a child, like in grow and like, and as you grow up, you're, you become an adult and you still don't have that education. So you're just kind of scrambling around trying to figure it out. And it's like, we do need to educate adults just well, about even the basics too. Part of it could address the things that reveal beauty is handling the, the, cleaning the aftermath up from, mm-hmm. and I'm not, exactly. not that you are cleaning up there. The women are not yeah. a mess. It's not, yeah. this isn't, they're, they're not damaged or anything. Uh, it's not, I said that totally wrong, you all. I really <laughs> okay. care about all the people who are surviving, and I want nothing yeah. but good things for them. I just feel that if we were able to teach consent and respect. And what healthy healthy What a healthy like. relationship yeah. is. And how to take care of yourself. We would right. have less of this. People would be able to more easily identify when they're in a bad situation because you don't really get the whole perspective until you're outside of that relationship. You can think you know what's going on, but until afterward, you're able to look back and process it and get whatever help or resources you need. You don't quite know exactly what you're experiencing. It'd be like trying to see yourself I don't know, as you're swimming in a pool. When you're in the pool, you, you don't see yourself swimming. Anyhow, that's a horrible analogy, and never repeat it. <laughs> so, well, uh, just, I, I mean, being a survivor, like, and realizing the vast lack of um, education from, you know, the abusive relationship, I the, ma- the majorly abusive relationship I had in other ones, it is a huge factor of why I find like this sex education like show is going to, is like super important because I know the, the, you know, sex ed that I got. And even though it was here in Austin, it was very much extreme STDs and completely terrifying. And, and I didn't even get like basic information about periods and birth control and why you need to use these things. It was just more of like, wait till you're married because STDs are scary. If you like, and these are like images of people that hadn't gotten anything take, like hadn't gone to the doctor after like a, like some advanced stages, very advanced. Like it took you like years to get to that point, you know, like it, right. And as much as your, your parents love you, if they, they're not trying to, they're not really, I don't know anyone whose parents were teaching them about danger signs, red flags for relationship health or when to, when to be worried about the, your controlling partner or when, what is too much or, That's one thing I love about, um, I learned a little bit more about the Texas Advocacy Project is they actually have um, classes for teenagers. They get involved at that level to help high schoolers learn about um, healthy relationships and what the dangers are, red flags, things like that. I think that's really amazing because, I mean, ultimately, like, I hope that we don't have to do this at some point, right? Like, I love it. It's exciting. It's meaningful work, but it would be amazing if we could prevent, you know, this from happening. And it wasn't ever needed. Yeah. Like all and, these other organizations, and it's I like, that's the goal. It's yeah, like to and not I be don't, needed. I don't want to, you know, also forget about our amazing, um, trafficking survivors because that is such a growing, um, a growing problem, especially here in Texas. We have over 79,000, um, cases that we know of, right. of, um, uh, women, humans being trafficked. And so <clears throat> just at the end of the day, 
whether it's domestic abuse or trafficking, there's just a vulnerability there. And so how can we, you know, how can we empower them <clears throat> to become strong? And hopefully there are things in place that, um, whether it's through the advocacy project, the refuge, all of these organizations, um, to sort of protect, um, these women from, you know, maybe even getting to that point in the first place. Right. I just want to remind listeners that you're tuned into Issues for Your Tissues, and my guest tonight is Candace of Reveal Beauty. You can find them online at revealaustin.splashthat.com, or you can just go to the Issues for Your Tissues Facebook page, and you can click there to get right to them. We're going to take a quick break and be right back in one minute, less than a minute, with more from Reveal Beauty. Welcome back to Issues for Your Tissues. I wanted to remind you that we're talking to Candace from Reveal Beauty tonight. Candace, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, what else do people need to know in the last few seconds here? Um, if you're interested about talking to me or Lee, um, send us an email. Is that okay? Yeah, um, what's the address? The email address is austin at revealbeauty.org. And just shoot us a message and let us know... Um, if you want to help, if you are a survivor, if you want to volunteer, if you want to give us money, um, if you want to bake cookies for us, send us pizzas, <laughs> say good things, um, Austin at revealbeauty.org. And if you, even if you don't know how you want to help, but you know you want to help, totally reach out Thank to y'all, right? Yes, reach out. I mean, we have events. We'll have events planned um, all throughout the year. Um, most of what we do is event based. So we're always going to need some help, like people just to show up and move chairs or, um, check people in things like that. So there's always going to be opportunities. Um, and we'll have quarterly workshops throughout the year. We'll have a lot of volunteer events. So if you like volunteering and you want to meet other volunteers that work in beauty and that love women and love empowering women, um, it's a, it's a great place to do that as well. Well, we'll bring you back before one of those quarterly events. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much for having us. This is really special. Of course. And thanks, Heather. Thanks for having me. 